the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That you get for free and over five or seven days, it's $800, you know? An outdoor sauna. Really expensive jewelry. They have an, a ring at Costco. That's $33,000. Um, now, why would they get in the diamond business? Um, 50% discount to their users. And diamonds are like, oh, I'm not going to say the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They're the dumbest purchase we ever make, but they're pretty much so the dumbest purchase we ever make. Other than liver. Oh, yeah. I know you're saying you're yeah. comparing diamonds to liver. Ugh. Who eats liver? It's literally the... I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. It's the filter of disease and, and disgusting in your body. No. Hmm. So a year supply of food. Yes, you can get a year's supply of food. And who needs a year's supply of food when we've got Blue Apron? Well, if there's a nuclear strike and you can't get to the grocery store for a year and you've got a bomb shelter, well, you now have a personal food storage of about $4,000-plus. Now, it's not going to be the Gordon Ramsay experience, but it's going to get you 2,000 calories a day without the yelling of the guy screaming at you. You can buy vending machines. Who needs a vending machine? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you're tired of the kids, your kids' friends coming over to your house and going, I need a snack! And, uh, you know, you only got two bags of Doritos left, and you want to save them for your kids' lunch, and the kid's like, you're like, oh, we don't have any snacks. And he goes, I need a snack! <laughs> and at one point in time, you're, you're, you want to save the little boy, you're like, one day, Pinocchio, you're going to grow up to be a big boy, not made out of wood. But I need a snack! No way, fool. <laughs> I know, right? So the thing that gets me the most, and this is something that I almost want to get a... If I'm booking one vacation a year, get a Costco membership. Get a casket. That's right, you can buy a casket from uh, Costco. Now, me personally... I like to try before I buy. So I'll go in the Costco food court, load up on some fatty sausages, go lay down in the casket. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I fall asleep. My back pain medicine kicks in. And I fall asleep overnight. (laughs) And I wake up in the middle of the night in Costco in a casket. But when you can get... You can go to a funeral director and spend $2,000, $2,500, for, you know, a casket that basically has chrome. Or you can spend $89 to $150 at Costco. Hardwood boxes and colorful yarn set are nice touches and options for prospective buyers looking to lock down their final statement in the world. One of the interesting things about Costco is it does incredibly well incredibly well with uh, gasoline and they sell their gasoline way cheaper than you can get it anywhere else and it's a reason to go to Costco so if you're driving by Costco every Friday 
get a Costco membership. Stop on Fridays and fill her up, and it'll pay for itself. Although I just saw a company that came out, and I'm embarrassed to say this. I go to a gym every day because, you know, if I'm not going to be in great shape, at least I want to walk, do something for 10, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. I want to do some sort of activity, right? And uh, while I was there, in the Bay Area, when you join a gym, you either could do the disgusting 24 hours, which I've seen more disgusting things um, in showers, on the shower floors, than I care to admit at um, my gym or at 24 hours. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll pay for a country club if I have to. But at this country club slash gym that I go to, the Bay Club, um, there's a company out there now called Booster who has a one-hour delivery. And what is Booster's delivering? High-quality gas, free delivery, no membership fees. Wow. So there's now a company that will bring gasoline to your vehicle while you're working out. Wow. Do I think Amazon, do I think that company really thinks they need to be in business? Hell no. Do I think it's two friends who got together and said, we could probably sell to Amazon in a couple years as a way of fending off Costco? I think so. Do we really need gasoline delivered to our cars? It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's 30 yards off the highway. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's really odd to say some things out loud and kind of like realize, ooh, I was lucky to be born when I was born. I say things that are shocking and maybe even upsetting. I feel that being born to a family that expected me to go to college was also another plus. Even before I came out of the womb, there was an expectation of he's going to go to college. I was born in during what I would consider the computer, the dawn of the computer, dawn of the home computer, whether it was the Atari 2600, the TI-99, ColecoVision, you name it. I was fascinated by it. Do you remember in television? That was awesome. I never had one because we weren't that kind of upper middle class. We were more of the lower middle class. So the perks weren't as good gravy as other kids got. But uh, let's see if I can make a long story short here. So I feel kind of lucky to be born when I was born. And I'll easily say that out of the gate. I look at things like owning a home. And it's pretty affordable for me. I have a good career. I started buying homes many, many years ago. So there was that expectation of build some equity over time. But again, that's not, that's not necessarily the case today. So most parents today say things like, well, yeah, I want my kid to go to college, but it's $100,000 to have a kid go from to college now. If you're born this year, it's going to be over $100,000 to send your kid to school in 17, 18 years. And colleges differ like golden clay. I got away with murder. You know, I might as well have been a poetry major. You know, I didn't, I didn't, to me, mechanical engineering looked like too much math. Computer engineering, science, computer sciences, like too much math. 
I didn't want to do the hard work. I wanted to like kind of cruise to college and kind of figure myself out and then figure out a career after that. So I, th- I think I got kind of lucky. And I, I say this because I want to tie back to the people who are losing the most right now are the people who are the first time home buyers. Inflation is just destroying them. Monthly cost of an entry level home on a nationwide basis up 9% year over year. And again, now we're starting to come up with compromises. And, and the compromises, they hurt the first time home buyer again and again and again. And I remember 10 years ago, San Francisco rent started going up and people were like, well, you got in, so you're, you know, you're in, you're good. But for people who aren't in, I was like, what are they going to do? And they started having roommates. So I'd go over, go pick up a date, introduce me to her roommates. And I was like, is someone sharing a room or someone sleeping on the couch? And someone was sleeping on the couch. I was like, whoa, I never experienced that in my life that grown adults who are 30 years old were sleeping on couches. And then it became four people and then it became five people. So the people who are getting the short end of the stick right now to me are the entry level home buyers. You've got rising housing costs, which siphon off, you know, whatever income you have left over and it can't be used for other things like cars or vacations or retirements. Potential buyers are looking for housing further away and incurring commuter costs. I've been blessed. This is how I started the segment. I've always lived within five to 10 minutes of work until recently. And that's was kind of a choice to get out of the, you know, the, the grind of the, the city living. Home prices have been surging in so many markets now. It's not a problem for well-to-do Americans who've owned a lot of assets and benefited from rampant asset price inflation. I own a home that went up, so guess what? I went and bought another home. I own stocks that went up, so guess what I did? I got a divorce and got another wife. <laughs> this trade-up policy. In this case, five years younger. <clears throat> so, so wage inflation, not a problem for me. But do I see it as a problem for kids down the road? Oh, yeah. And there's a guy who works here who's got a daughter who's 23 and maybe 22, maybe 24. And I'm always asking him, like, what's she doing these days? What's she doing? Is she succeeding? And, like, the answer still is doesn't have a home yet. So the entry-level home is one that sells for 80% of the median price in a particular market. It assumes a 5% down payment and a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage for the remainder. Obviously, in different areas, that's going to be considerably different. In the San Francisco Bay Area, a diverse area that includes San Francisco, Silicon Valley, a lot of the East Bay, parts of the North Bay, the monthly cost of an entry-level home was up 14% year over year. And you didn't do anything other than get a year older, and things got 14% more expensive. Did you get a 14% raise last year? Keep in mind, I make minimum wage in radio. So, I did get a raise. But not much. So the people who are losing the biggest, I think, are the people who aren't participating and can't participate and are having problems figuring out how to participate. So, you know, there's a phrase like you pay to play. Tony Mendez from BarryAloneSource.com brought up a conversation recently with me about he went into a restaurant, a Blaze Pizza. Tough to call Blaze Pizza restaurant, but it is. And uh, the franchisee in there. It's his second restaurant. He started with like a really crappy subway. And uh, then he went to Blaze Pizza. And down the road, he wants to go to like uh, a Chick-fil-A or something more glamorous or more money or something like that, right? So 
He got an asset that's inflating, sold it, bought another asset that's inflating, going to sell it, going to buy another asset that's inflating. He hopes. So inflation is kind of awesome, but it's also kind of a boogeyman uh, because if you, if you don't play, you're frightened of it, in my opinion. A couple things that you should have laying around, things like birth certificates and social security documents. You should get a fireproof safe. You should take pictures of said birth certificate and said social security card. Put it up in the cloud. You want to keep your wills, your trust, your legal documents all in one area. The worst part about people dying, and I deal with death all the time. I could give you the perfect example of my father. Uh, when my father passed away, he was told with six months left to live, you will be dead in six months. And he died to the day, six months. He had six months to get his financial paperwork in order to get his will and his trust and all that kind of stuff in order. My dad was kind of a hardworking man, so his desk always had what felt like a tree of papers on it. Um, so when he died, I had to go through his, his desk and figure out, oh, take a look at this. Oh, take a look at this. And uh, you know, some of it was like his handwriting, so I wanted to keep it and uh, hold on to it for memories. But it, the thing that I found, and it was shocking to me because it was early January when he died and it was super cold on the East Coast and we wanted to get him into Arlington Cemetery, but they said it would be three weeks. And you don't keep a body above the ground for three weeks. You kind of want to move on. So we chose a different place, which kind of sucks because he would have wanted to be in Arlington Cemetery. Um, but he's dead. So dead men can't really complain. Um, but anyway, so I'm going through the desk and I'm, I'm, I'm finding some crazy stuff, right? I'm trying to figure out what all this is and trying to piece together his financial life. Biggest mistake my father made, in my opinion, was not get his financial paperwork in order. Because I'm like, I'm going through. I'm, I know I'm going to find adoption papers. I know I'm going to learn that I was adopted. Because I don't look like my dad. I'm a big guy. When I was 12, my dad gave me crap because he was drunk. And I said, I will knock you out. I was bigger than him at 12. So I knew I was adopted. I knew I was going to find the adoption papers, right? No such luck. I was hoping it was like going to be Bono or Bill Gates or somebody like that was going to be my daddy. Nope, 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 nope. What I did find, though, was an insurance policy that was worth $400,000 that had expired three months before his death. And all he had to do was resign it. All he had to do was resign it. All he had to do was know where the hell the piece of paper was. All that he had to do was know that it's going to expire on that said date. My mom would have had $400,000 extra because he already had the death sentence. The doctor already said, you will be dead in six months. And instead of like getting his financial paperwork together, he decided to pursue God. He wanted to get right with God, who he fell out of favor with probably about 25 years before that. So he hadn't been in a church in 25 years, but because he's got cancer and dying, it's now time to like go talk to the people at the church. So kind of wish he would have signed that paper. Would have made my mom's life a little easier. And get this. He had a whole life insurance policy that he had for his whole life in his 20s, his 30s, his 40s, and his 50s. And then three months before he dies, he doesn't sign it, and it's worthless. One of the reasons I don't like whole life insurance is you don't need it for your whole life. My mom's fine, but she would have been finer with that extra $400,000. 
That's a really good example of why you don't need whole life or variable life insurance. And they're crap product and they're oversold by insurance agents who want to get a big fat commission from you. Who, who don't have the skill set to do other things other than to sell crap products. Get term life. Invest the rest. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. On the outside, I'm cool, collected, I'm one of a kind. I work aggressively to help you and me get through this world. Uh, sounds like a song like Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. It doesn't. You know, I enjoy what I do, and it's not exactly work. And, you know, when I can motivate you at some point in time to take a look at your daily life and factor in how can I be an investor, it's tough, right? Fortnite is a video game that a lot of people know about. It's a dominant game right now. And companies are quoting Fortnite in their earnings call. One of the things that I do that I don't talk much about are, are conference calls with, with companies during earnings season. And a lot of the companies that I invest in, a lot of the companies I like to follow, happen to be in the Bay Area. Obviously, tech companies. And you know, probably two quarters ago, it was all about Bitcoin. Everyone wanted to try to figure out how can we get into Bitcoin, into our business model, into our conference call, whether it be Litecoin or Ripple or Ethereum or Monero. Now, if you talk about Fortnite, what you're seeing is outsized success. And people, businesses want to project outsized success. The company... Epic Games, which produced Fortnite, banked $296 million in sales from the game console, from the game across the console, PC, and mobile categories. Stop and think about that for one second. $296 million in sales. Solo, the Han Solo movie, hasn't made that much money. And a little game that your kid's playing on their phone is thumping Han Solo. And Chewbacca's not happy. <laughs> April saw the launch of Fortnite on Apple on their iOS. And, and guess what happened when Apple reported their quarter? They talked about Fortnite. Then you get companies like NVIDIA. Guess what they did? They talked about Fortnite. Tencent, which is a Chinese uh, internet company. They own a 40% stake in Epic. Electronic Arts, Activision, Take-Two. Everyone wants Fortnite or something like it. Snap and Hasbro have made mentions of Fortnite on their conference call. Fortnite has over 40 million monthly active users. And you start looking at, you know, you start looking at uh, monthly active users and you instantly start thinking about things like Facebook, right? 40 million monthly. The game HQ Trivia sometimes has a million plus players trying to win a share of $5,000 amongst a million people. It's not a lot of money. Sometimes you literally win 85 cents, but you feel like you're winning, you're beating the system. So everyone's talking about Fortnite because outsized gains. Be careful. That can get you into some hot water. Even though your eight-year-old son plays Fortnite, he won't be able to predict the, the spending on Snap's platform. Or when does the company lose the magical effect 
and become the next best thing, right? So the success of Fortnite and Player Unknown Battlegrounds are just beyond comprehension right now. That was the quote from NVIDIA CEO Jin Jin Huang. The two games are a combination of Hunger Games and Survivor, and it's just captured the imagination of gamers around the world. That's pretty crazy. So when I go out and build a new computer, and I like to build computers every two or three years, I'm going to get the latest GPU to handle the latest game, even if I'm not playing the latest game. And that's where it gets kind of like, what did he just say? Exactly. So Apple's making big money, big money off Fortnite because you're playing it on their phone. So there's kind of a, a oh, I almost said something in a pro pro. I almost said there's kind of a hashtag me too thing going on. Behave with Fortnite. yourself. I didn't say it. I thought it. That is not but appropriate behavior. Oh, it's so totally appropriate. I mean, it's just um, everyone wants to tie themselves to Fortnite. It's going to pull in 2 to $3 billion this year. And if Apple's getting a 10%, 20%, 30% cut of that, depending on the deal made, and they tend to go softer on the bigger deals, that could work out pretty well. So how much is the Fortnite experience worth to you and me? I don't know. And am I going to go out and invest in Epic Games? Probably not. Am I going to go out and invest in Tencent? Probably not. But I find it interesting that it's kind of like all the rage now, where in October and and November, all we could talk about on this show was Bitcoin. And I'm sorry, but we're not talking about Bitcoin every day here. Will it make a a revival? Yes. But that's all I got for you right now. I got a coupon from eBay. Woo-hoo! I don't think that's a good thing. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my, my, my. Um, so let's take a quick look at the markets today and see how we're doing and, how, and what the, the dealio is. The world's in turmoil and investors are bullish. We did see a lot of women in the primaries across the United States make headway into congressional elections this year. So one of the things that we're going to start talking about are the elections because they're now four or five months away, Right. What will Congress look like? What will universal health care look like? What will repeals look like? What will the president look like? Relationships with foreign countries. There's a lot of turmoil, but the market's hitting all-time highs. Uh, the Russell and the NASDAQ, good, good news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com